Next on BYU Sports Nation, South Beach bound for the Super Bowl. The Chiefs, 49ers, and three BYU Cougars headed to football's biggest game. BYU loses big at number one Gonzaga, but are the Cougars a Yoli Childs away from competing with the cream of the WCC? Plus, BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope joins us in studio. Does he expect Childs to play in this week's critical road stretch? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live on a Monday. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Martin Luther King Jr. holiday on this January 20th. We're thrilled to honor Dr. King, as are collectively BYU Athletics. Just thankful for Martin Luther King and the things that he's done with the Civil Rights Movement. Um, and has moved on for us to just, I look at it as an opportunity for us to care for each other. Yeah, just from my background, you know, being African-American, I appreciate everything he's done. Um, you know, he's a man who was on a journey to change really the world, to change the way, you know, people view others who are, come from different circumstances, however that may be. When you're preaching love and you're preaching charity and you're, you're trying to push the same message that Martin Luther King was, the, this world is a better place. A great tribute to an incredible man. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. And uh, you know what? We're working on the holiday, but it's, it's good to honor that guy. Absolutely. And this was a year where BYU started its first black quarterback ever, uh, which is pretty cool. So great to hear from uh, those guys, and especially Jaron, who has a bright future at BYU as well. Uh, Jason Shepard and I were at uh, baseball practice the other day watching him hit. So cool to see him uh, steal the dual sport guy, and uh, we have a loaded show. We yeah, have a yes. loaded show today. Kooks in the Super Bowl, hoops, uh, men's volleyball, gymnastics was amazing Saturday night, Olympians in the Marriott Center. It's loaded, baby. Yeah, and all within that fantastic Monday show lineup, our head coach, Mark Pope of BYU Basketball, he's going to join us following the Gonzaga loss. Does he expect Yoli Childs to play during this critical road stretch upcoming? Eric Mateos, BYU football offensive line coach. Why is he on the show today? It has a little something to do with what's going to happen in South Beach in a couple of weeks. Plus, he's an assistant coach at BYU. Our and one recap from number one ranked Gonzaga. We now present today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Yep, three former BYU Cougars will represent the Y in Super Bowl 54. Two as players, one as a head coach. Andy Reid headed back to the big game. His rising star, Dirty Dan, Daniel Sorensen, and the Chiefs advanced to the Super Bowl after beating the Tennessee Titans. 35-24, AFC champs for the first time in 50 years. 50. Sorensen had eight tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass deflection. The Chiefs will meet Federico Warner and the 49ers, who advanced to Super Bowl 54 with a 17-point win over the Green Bay Packers. They're the NFC champs. Warner had six tackles, and he had one pass deflection. I'm guessing most of you know when it is, but February 2nd, 6.30 Eastern, 3.30 Pacific. It's pretty awesome that those guys are in the Super Bowl. I love it. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This is the first Super Bowl since 09 where BYU has a player on each team, courtesy of Greg Rubel. Thank you. Pretty cool, not to mention Andy Reid. So, who are you rooting for in that game, by the way? Yes. Nice. <laughs> I am going for the Chiefs because I can't root for the Niners as a Seahawks fan. And I want Andy Reid to get a Super Bowl in. I really do. Yeah, that's 
that's the I think that's really story, important. right? And we'll break that down in a second. Yes, yeah. we'll discuss uh, all of the intricacies that go into Andy Reid being back in the Super Bowl in just a moment. Men's Hoops loses 92-69 at number one Gonzaga Saturday. T.J. Haas led the way with 17 points, six assists. Jake Toulson, 16 points as well. BYU went six of 20 from three and was uh, minus 14 in made free throw Yikes. ratio. BYU at Pacific Thursday night. Head coach Mark Pope, as mentioned, will join us in studio in the next segment. Will Yoli Childs play this week? Two BYU football Cougars played in the 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl, including Diane Gonwoloku, who had a forced fumble, great play, solo tackle, and recovered the ball in a 30-20 national win over the American team. In the 2020 East-West Shrine Bowl, Austin Lee recorded four unofficial tackles while playing on defense and special teams in a 31-27 East win over the West. Yeah, one in each game. One in each game. Good for those guys. And Diane's play, by the way, he, he strips the ball and recovers it in the same motion. That was pretty Incredible. cool. Cougar QB signee Soljay Mayava, who was on the show last week, was the 2020 Polynesian Bowl MVP. He went 8 for 10, 73 yards, and a touchdown passing, 29 yards rushing, and a touchdown rushing as well. He'll enroll this summer. He'll join BYU as the fourth scholarship quarterback in fall camp. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Andy Reid, the former BYU Cougar and a member of Lavelle Edwards' prestigious coaching tree, is back in the Super Bowl for the first time since he was the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's won a Super Bowl as an assistant, has been a participant and played a huge role on the Green Bay Packers, among others, winning that ring, but he's never done it as the head coach. So, Jerem, with the Chiefs and Daniel Sorensen taking on Fred Warner and the San Francisco 49ers, does Andy Reid need a Super Bowl victory as a head coach to validate his career? I think so. Uh, people still respect and like John Stockton, Carmelo, and Charles Barkley. Barkley's made a, a career right there. But those guys are known as the best non-champs, right, as former players. Andy Reid might be one of the – well, he is. He's one of the best coaches to not win a Super Bowl. And now uh, he, he has it on the line. He has an opportunity to get over the hump. If you win a Super Bowl, you can get away with a lot. Like, Dirk Nowitzki won the one title – and then just cruise to the finish. That guy was in NBA hospice for a while. Uh, the Saints and Drew Brees and Sean Payton, right? You win the one, you enter the club, you're in there. No one questions whether you belong in a certain area. Andy Reid needs to win the Super Bowl, I think, to cross that threshold. Everyone knows he's good, but he'd cross that threshold, and that'd be nice. 14 10-plus win seasons, second Super Bowl, 336 regular season wins. Pretty awesome. I'm very stoked, by the way. For my guy Porter Ellett, uh, he has one arm. Love you may, Porter. You may, you may have seen him or heard about him. I played on some intramural teams with Porter. He is the executive assistant for Andy Reid. He's on the sideline there. Super excited for Porter. And oh, by the way, uh, you know who's excited about Andy Reid? A lot of people today. Tom Homo and Chad Lewis tweeting about it. Your boy Jeff Grimes is excited about Andy Reid. Because when Jeff Grimes was a burly offensive lineman at UTEP in 1987 through 90, the first two years there, a graduate assistant, a mustachioed man by the name of Andy Reid was on the UTEP coaching staff with Jeff Krebs. Outstanding stuff. Andy Reid is already a Hall of Famer in my book, but this would be the heartwarming uh, cherry on the top, if you will, to steal an off-used cliche that everybody's hoping he gets. Like I already think that he has been incredibly successful. He has done incredible things in the National Football League, and he already has a Super Bowl ring, but... I don't... 
he, he's a Hall of Famer, but this would be the storybook ending. So I don't think it, he needs it to validate success in his career, but it would go a long way to punctuating what has been a fantastic career, right? It's just kind of like the sentence without the exclamation point at the end if he doesn't win the Super Bowl. It's not that exciting of a sentence if it doesn't have an exclamation You don't point think it's point. exciting? No, no, no. He needs to win the Super Bowl to cross that threshold. He really does. Everyone knows he's good. He's going to be in the Hall of Fame. But you don't want to be the guy that was like, right now he has this distinction, which BYU Men's Hoops has in a certain way too. He has the most playoff wins without a Super Bowl ring. BYU has the most NCAA tournament appearances without a Final Four. Like, you don't, you don't want to... You want to have, he's had amazing su- success, but if he wins, he crossed that threshold. No one asked that certain questions now about him. Win and in one yeah. game. Well, if you're and a that, Hall of that, Famer, and they're the favorite. If you're a Hall of Famer, haven't you already validated things? Yeah, you think Charles Barkley, Carmelo, and John Stockton were like, I didn't need a title. I'm no, good. I'm not, no, I'm he, not saying that. He but the needs question, that The question is, does, it, does yeah. it have to happen to validate? Like his career to me has already been validated because he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, well, yes, he is, no doubt. Go win and cross another threshold within that group. So you're saying leave no doubt. Like yeah. for, for those that might think that he doesn't yeah, sure. belong in the Hall of Fame, he, the Super no, Bowl. No, it's not a Hall of Fame discussion to me. It's about winning a Super Bowl or not. You're, you're in a certain group if you okay. win, and you're in a certain group if you're not. Okay. Topic two, BYU lost by 23 at Gonzaga. This just in. Yolik Childs warmed up with his uh, right compound dislocated finger 10 days later, going out 20 minutes before everyone else and trying to put the fear of God or the fear of Yolik Childs, in this case, into the Gonzaga student section, but he didn't play. So let's ask this question. Is BYU basketball a Yoli Childs away from competing with Gonzaga, or is there more to it? There's more to it, like where the game is played, when the game is played, and who is playing. Yoli Childs is a big part of that, but add Yoli Childs to playing at the Marriott Center in late February, then we're talking. Okay, Then I think BYU has a real chance to kind of put Gonzaga on their collective heels. So it's more than just Yoli Childs playing. It's where and when the game happens as well. And the ESPN commentators, a bunch of BYU fans after the game, all saying the same thing. Wait until Yoli Childs is healthy, back with BYU in a packed Marriott Center in late February, and Gonzaga is not playing in the comforts of the kennel where they've won 33 games in a row in conference. Uh, it's crazy. Last loss to BYU, I take it's it, right? It's crazy what they're doing in the kennel. Oh, so, St. Mary's maybe. Location, timing, and Yoli Childs being healthy and back, all of those factor into BYU being able to compete with and just maybe beat Gonzaga. And guess what? ESPN's basketball power index isn't, you know, naive to all of this. BYU's going to have a way better chance to win at home than they are without Yoli Childs in the kennel. Can a computer be naive? We'll discuss in the upcoming segment. Um, No, there's way more to it. The biggest issue is that Gonzaga's freaking awesome. That's the biggest issue. They're the number one team in the country. Can BYU compete against Gonzaga? Yes. Can BYU beat Gonzaga at home? It'd be legendary. It'd be another win over, you'd think, the top team in the country. I bet they'll be number one. Who's going to beat them? Who's going to beat them? Yeah, BYU's beaten Gonzaga as a top three team twice on the road. They have not done it in Provo. Well, and and three wins in Spokane. BYU's been better in Spokane. So to me, it's not necessarily where the game is played. It's just that Gonzaga's awesome. I I think with the uh, packed Marriott Center behind them, that BYU could compete. What does compete mean? I don't know. Single digits? It's about winning or not. And uh, BYU didn't drop a lot, by the way, with this loss. I think Cougar Nation understands the great position BYU's in. I think BYU dropped, what, less than five spots in most of the metrics after that loss? 
In fact, playing that game is a benefit. BYU played another quad one, uh, gets that on the res. That all helps. So it's all good. It's, it's more than Yoli Childs, though, because Gonzaga has seven dudes that average nine-plus points. They've got four like, future NBA guys on the roster right now. They're good. Right four. now. You think four? Wow. Four, okay. yes. Awesome. <laughs> good for them. They're, they are Who are the four? Loaded. Killian Tilly. Petrushev, uh, Petrushev, sorry, and I think Corey Kispert has a chance to make an NBA roster. He kind of mm. reminds me of a Wally Zerbiak type player. Mm. Okay, it is twenty twenty though. It's not ninety eight anymore. Okay, and then uh, <laughs> quick point guard BYU couldn't stay in front of on Saturday night. Woolridge, uh, Woolridge, Gilder. thank you. I think yeah. Woolridge has a shot to play in the NBA as well. Okay, mm. <laughs> they're they are an NBA breeding ground. They have been for the past five years. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable, but. They're not prone to lose a game, especially in a they, raucous arena. And they clinched at least a share of the title, by the way, Saturday. No one's talking about that? They're not going to lose twice. <laughs> They're two games up on everybody. They are not losing twice. Maybe once. Okay. So not technically, but, yeah, it feels like they've no, clinched technically. a technically. <laughs> They're not going to lose twice. They're not. On to topic three. Now, as important, as fun as playing the number one team in the country is. Yay. Does BYU basketball need Yoli Childs to win two critical games this week on the road? At Pacific, at San Francisco. Uh, San Francisco, I'm not as scared of, although they do have some size there uh, that's, that's concerning uh, with Minlin, uh, namely Charles Minlin. With Pacific, it's interesting because that team beat St. Mary's, so it certainly has BYU's attention. I don't, I don't know. I, th- I think BYU would be okay. But with Yoli Childs, if he can play, and I think him warming up at Gonzaga tells us he's close. Why would he warm up, right? Well, but, just to make Gonzaga think about was, things. Well, he was shooting. That's the first time we had publicly seen him shoot. At the uh, Saturday or Thursday against San Diego, he didn't shoot in warm-ups or anything, right? Granted, it's San Diego. I think he's probably close. I hope he plays against Pacific, and I hope he's effective. I said last week I hope he doesn't rush into this because it's only January. You want to be great in the end of February and early March, right, uh, in Vegas against Gonzaga at home before that. I don't know that they need him, but if he plays, I feel very comfortable about winning two sure, on the road. And this sure. is a tough road stretch. If Yoli Childs sat on the bench and watched BYU beat Houston and BYU beat Virginia Tech, then the Cougars clearly are capable of winning big games without him. Right. He also watched some other losses, right, as well on the flip side of that. So I don't think that Yoli Childs has to play for BYU to win at Pacific or at San Francisco, but clearly everybody's feeling better including the coaching staff and the team, if Yoli Childs is back on the floor. Do they need him? No. BYU has shown they're capable of winning games like this without him, but obviously it helps to have him back in the lineup. Just how close is he? We're going to talk to head coach Mark Pope in just a few minutes. And if he didn't take a shot, I think BYU is even better. You know what I mean? Just his presence defensively, his presence on the floor emotionally as a leader. He's a leader. I, I think that would all help. Uh, and he's done a nice job of being a good teammate during this process. But unfortunately, BYU, this was chapter two. BYU had already read the first chapter of what life was like without him, and then they had to readjust in conference play. Our question of the day, is BYU basketball one Yoli away from beating Gonzaga, or is there more to it? We gave you our opinions. Time to hear some of yours. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. April Kerstich leads us off on Facebook and says, I believe with Yoli, the Cougars would have had a bigger presence inside to help pull down rebounds. Yeah. So the Zags wouldn't have had as many second chance shots. Minus 16 is a big number and then minus eight in offensive rebounds. Yeah. 
Great Plus, he could have muscled more baskets or drawn more attention and passed it for open shots. At least the game would have been closer. Yeah, I, d- I think we both expect February 22nd to be a really fun night. It's Different a, game. It's senior night for seven seniors. Gonzaga is going to be number one when they come in, I bet. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a t- ton of juice that night. Yeah, I That'd hope they great. are number one. Yeah. Bring it, because it's happened before. But not in trouble. That'd <laughs> not be in nice. trouble. It's happened in Spokane. Coming up, is Yoli Childs going to play this week? We'll find out from BYU basketball head coach Mark Pope, who's made his way into Studio B. You think he's afraid of Gonzaga? No. This is BYU Sports Day. He's holding Spuddy Buddy. I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow night for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as coach and Colby Lee are in studio with host Gregor Bell as the Cougars prepare for Pacific in San Francisco. Watch it on the BYU TV app at 8 Eastern, 5 Pacific tomorrow night. This morning I was playing and I caught the ball like six feet out and I just put I put it up close shot, like Colby. Quick shot. Back iron and bounced out. I got to go with a little more arc. I've been watching more Colby Lee film. Okay. I'm going to take notes, and I'm going to be better next Hey, time. we're all Colby I, Leavers. And I said as I shot it, Colby Lee! <laughs> <laughs> there is no man more excited to talk about Colby Lee and his team than Mark Pope, who joins us in Studio B. Welcome, Coach. Uh, after, yes, a tough weekend at Gonzaga, but that was fun to watch Colby Lee ball out on Thursday night as well. Junior Quickie Monster. Yeah, we. I'm gonna bring you guys Junior Quickie Monster T-shirts. Okay, that'd hey. be fantastic. We'll take, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. It was fun to uh, have you come over and and listen to him talk about what it meant to have you validate his efforts and his hard work as a head coach and also Coach Burgess. Like that uh, clearly yeah. means a lot to Colby. Yeah, well, he's a he's a stud. He's um, done an unbelievable job and he's growing before our eyes and it's really fun to watch. How'd you feel about the Gonzaga game? Is it? Martin Luther King Day today? It is. (laughs) That it is. Have we done a Martin Luther King today? You know, maybe the greatest coach that ever lived. Like, maybe. MLK. Yes. As a teacher, you're saying? Yes. As a coach. That's what you do as a coach. Mm -hmm. You you capture the hearts and minds of your guys. Uh, The great coaches that I've been able to play for were able to capture the hearts and minds of a team and make them do things that they couldn't do Certainly this Martin Luther King did in a big way. Yeah, so we had a tribute from BYU football, uh, some of the personalities there to open up the show, but you're right. And to me, the biggest part of what he did in his legacy was that he accomplished so much through love, not, yeah. not force and opposition, but it was, it was a love movement. So, so interesting. So one of, his, one of his greatest quotes is, darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. I mean, talk about words that should reverberate through our society right now. One of the great human beings to ever walk yes. on the face of this planet. Yeah. We could use some more of that. It's yeah, great. Absolutely. A lot of the holidays, I don't know what the source of the holidays. I'm bringing that up but... after a loss. For all the hate there might be, <laughs> hate cannot drive out hate, boys. <laughs> Only love can do Only that. Only love. So what did you love Saturday? <laughs> uh, I love the fact that our guys really competed, man. You know what? If you look at our team right now, you cannot I, – I hope that uh, everybody in BYU Nation is, is taking, a, uh, taking the time to get to know these guys and appreciate that they're putting their heart and soul on this court every single night. You talk about a guy like Zach Selyus. He cannot give one ounce more of anything that he is 
uh, to this team or to this game than he is, and that is a beautiful thing. It's it's extraordinary to watch, and um, this team is really fighting and competing for each other. And we got beat on Saturday. We got beat straight up. They beat us. And um, but I was unbelievably proud of our guys' effort and intensity and energy. And 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 as we go through this journey of the season. Uh, the people that kind of stay in there for the twists and turns and the ups and downs, they're the ones that are really, really rewarded by experiencing uh, what this season is currently and what it's going to end up being. It's pretty awesome. So, I mean, that's what I take from it. I take the fact that we got beat, like straight up beat, the fact that we have to get way better. We got to work on getting better every single day. Uh, and the fact that these guys are fully, fully invested in this season and this team, and, and I expect great things to happen. Could your Kentucky team that won the title have taken this Gonzaga team? Yes. You, Straight up. You won, so I Yeah, no it. question. Yeah. <laughs> That's not taken away from anything from this team. It's the best team in the country. This is the best team in the country. And, and, and listen, they drilled us. And when I say that, I mean, what they did is they beat us. They straight up beat us. Sometimes you finish a game and, and you feel like, ah, oh, man, if we had just done this different or just done that different. And, and there are certainly adjustments looking back that I'm like, oh, we could have done this. and Maybe we could have changed the rotation here and, and done whatever. But, but they, were the, they were definitely the better team on Saturday night. And um, they, they deserve that win and they earned that win. And, and they're not the number one team in the country for nothing. Uh, that's a terrific basketball team. Mark Pope, BYU basketball head coach, with us on BYU Sports Nation. What did you learn in round one with Gonzaga that will help you in preparation for late February when they return to Provo? Well, it's it's you know I'm not going to tell you anything you don't know. This Killian Tilly is really special, and he's kind of rounding back into form. It's taken him a little bit while, but he's so versatile. I mean, uh, his assist to turnover ratio is unbelievable. He's six eleven, and he's handling the ball, and uh, he he's he's actually an extraordinary passer he had a high low pass where the ball barely hit his hands and Kobe Lee was in a full front and and it was like there was a a two-foot window for the pass to go in it's almost like he didn't look an 18 19 foot pass for a layup and uh he's he's handling the ball really well he's shooting the ball better every single game uh he's really really so smart you know we tried a bunch of different stuff we tried jan when we tried ball first and we tried switching on him and he was smart enough in ball screen actions to make the right read every time to put us in a bad spot spot and uh, he, he's really good. Um, their backcourt is really fast and really explosive. Uh, at one point, you know, in a tough time for us, I think 13 minutes, I think 13, 22, uh, 13, 44, 13, 23, and then f- uh, 12, 50 maybe. Uh, in, in about 52 seconds, they had three straight uh, transition laps where they just bum rushed us down the floor, and it wasn't that our guys weren't sprinting back. We just we just couldn't manage it in a bad stretch for us in the second half. So, uh, you know, we got to we knew going in we had to manage transition defense, and they doubled down on that. We have to do it. I mean, there's a laundry list of things that we can do better that we're going to have to do better, but um, we will. Steve will grow. I wish you'd be a little more specific. Your generalities are just hard to follow. <laughs> I, I just I didn't know what time anything happened there. That was fantastic. It was, not a good minute. it was not a good minute for us. That you recall know, was impressive. What's interesting is we had, you know, I, I, both teams had got stops for about four straight possessions. There was a, a possession there where, where we had a – Kobe had that three from the top that he pulled. We had a three from Dalton Nixon in the corner, and we had a three from someone else in the corner. We missed all three, and we had unbelievable stops on the other end. You remember uh, Dalton comes late in transition and strips the ball. It was kind of that series where it was a six-point game and we were stuck 
at a six-point mm-hmm. game, and it was a battle to see who was going to come out of that, and they did. They came out on the right side of that. Let's talk about Yoli Childs now. Uh, what's the timeline like for his return? Any, any sense of perhaps this week? I, I, I can 100% tell you that I can 100% have no idea. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful that maybe he can get back and play some this weekend. I just don't know. I mean, uh, you know, looking at the, at the puncture wound uh, on Saturday, it just it still has got a long way to go to heal. Mm. Um, so um, we're, we're trying to be cautious and make sure that we don't take any chances with this. Um, clearly, at this point, uh, you know, he's, he's already, you know, sacrificed a bunch of games this year and we need to have him down the stretch so um, whatever it takes we just need to make sure that he's fully healthy and ready to go when he gets back on the floor is there any situation where he would play with it bandaged up extra tight to where he might not shoot but he'd play defense or something or do you want to wait until he's 100 percent go you just like bubble wrap his whole hand and just have <laughs> like, him out there uh, <laughs> I, would, I would actually do we have bubble wrap here we could of course i we would do. love to like get a little visual of this no but uh, he, he he would help us. You know, at this point, bodies help us, right? And he's got an extraordinary body. But, like, we just are down on bodies. Um, so I, I don't think we would do that. Um, you know, I think as, as much as I want to get him back out on the floor, as much as he wants to get back on the floor, as much as the team wants him back on the floor, like, we have to do it when he's healthy and when he's ready to go. Yeah, you used a couple of words last week, confident and comfortable. When Yoli feels that he is both of those and able to – affect the game in a positive way for BYU, that's when he will play. So how much are you leaving this up to him and the way that he feels? Well, we, 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 we talk about it every day, uh, and it, there's going to be markers. Like, we actually haven't got him back out on the practice floor. He actually catches a contested pass, mm. right? You think about that. I don't know if he's caught a full-speed pass yet. Um, and so he has uh, kind of gone through some dummy offensive drills. He has got up some shots, and... You know, you can imagine as traumatic as that injury was, just grabbing and gripping the ball is way different than just kind of holding a ball or shooting a little floater, right? And so, um, you know, so we'll make some progress this, this week and see where we're at in practice. How do you feel about the overall resume at this point? Because obviously you, you want to play your best now and get to selection Sunday and good, but so far so good, 37 in net and uh, top 40 in everything. It's yeah, like I, I mean, you know, we, um, I'm, I'm proud of where we are for sure. Uh, I think what these guys have accomplished so far this season is spectacular. But, but you know, that's all that's done is kind of put us in a position where we're where we want to be. All the action is going to happen in the next next six weeks. I mean, that's where that's where everything happens. And so, um, I, I think we're in a good spot right now. But um, you know, it's so early in terms of all this stuff kind of panning itself out the way it will. We just have to go do our work. Mark Pope, BYU basketball head coach on BYU Sports Nation. That work next starts with Pacific and San Francisco, a couple of big road games this week. Let's start in chronological order at Pacific. What's the scouting report right now on the Tigers in Stockton? Well, this this uh, number zero trip is just a, he's a freak. Jaleel Tripp. Yeah, yeah, he is, he is, he's really special. And um, he's given everybody in this league fits. And they are, you know, they already have huge wins in conference. Uh, the St. Mary's win, uh, you know, they had Santa Clara on the ropes. 
Um, you know, they're a good team. They just got their point guard back. He had missed the first four or five games of conference, and so he's back. Played uh, kind of his intro, you know, his, his his first shot at. I think they brought him off the bench. He maybe played 16 minutes against Santa Clara, so I expect him to start in this game against us. So they have their their full team, and uh, it's always tough to play down there. And this is probably their, the most talented team they've had. Um, you know, I think they finished the regular season 13 and three, or the non-conference season 12 and three, something like that. So um, they're used to winning uh, down there this season, and so it's, it's going to be a it's going to be a great challenge. Going two on the road is better than the split. It feels like, at least in terms of okay, we'll just stay out there, right? Because sometimes you go home road, you're flying back. So is the other team the same day. So you you take two on the road. This is one of the last times you're going to do that. What will it take for this group to come home with two wins? Well, we got to go. Uh, we got to do what we've done every single game so far, which is go play with unbelievable intensity and commitment to the game. That's the one thing that has been a constant with this team. It's pretty extraordinary. I mean, we're probably one of a handful of teams that have actually come out every single night, um, peaked uh, to, to to compete. So we have to do that. We've got to do the same things. We've got to find a way to rebound this ball. We just have to be able to rebound the ball. Um, Pacific is a plus 11 on the glass. They've out-rebounded their opponent by 200 rebounds over the course of the season so Whoa. far. Um, and so we have to be able to rebound the ball. We've got to manage transition defense. And uh, they're a really physical, you know, if there was a, uh, you know, Damon has been a good friend for a long time. And, and if there's anything about this team right now that's their identity, they win every 50-50 ball and they're scrappy and tough and physical. And we got to find find a way to, to equalize and exceed them in that category. And if we could do that, we'll have a chance to be successful. Uh, how are you emotionally, by the way? Your oldest daughter's going on a mission here soon. I'm good. Uh, yeah, but she's going to be in the MTC for six weeks. I mean, I'm She'll looking right I'm, look, I'm looking from the office. I'm essentially looking out the window right yeah. into her window. Yeah, and you so. can't go over there, but you can FaceTime. Oh, I can go over there. Isn't this all, <laughs> this all the BYU community? I thought, don't we not have a special pass? on campus. When I well, took this home. job, they told me I had a pass to the MTC. I don't think I don't think <laughs> When does she go in again? She goes in the 29th. That's exciting. Awesome. Okay, nine more days. Outstanding. Yeah, enjoy. By the way, you bring up Damon Stoudemire. If there's ever a guy that had a facial expression that embodied the whole phrase, come on, man, it's Damon Stoudemire. <laughs> I feel like he coaches the whole game with that facial expression on his face. This, this Damon Stoudemire, man, first of all, he's so funny. Like, he is so – I love him. He's so funny. We actually c- kind of came up in basketball together, and um, and he, he – seriously, he was one of the most uh, – if you were an NBA fan during his tenure, I mean – uh, it was so fun to watch him. Like he just had a motor that would not quit, and uh, he's a, he's a good friend. Mighty Mouse, Mighty Mouse, yeah, Mighty Mouse, man, yeah, watch awesome. out. Mark, thanks for coming in, man. Thanks, Mark. Okay, thanks. We'll see you tomorrow night. Coming up, Chiefs fan and offensive line coach Eric Mateos on Andy Reid and the Cougar Line. And BYU women's basketball keeps it rolling in Moraga. Should we start calling this team the Road Warriors? This is BYU Sports Nation. That was a nice win at St. Mary. That was good. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand on iTunes, TuneIn, or Google Play. Enjoy, subscribe, rate, and review. Yes, welcome back to the show. Let's keep it rolling because it is a loaded Monday show. Cougar teams winning all over the place. And, of course, we got guys winning in the NFL as well. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Cougars in the NFL. Andy Reid and Daniel Sorensen of the Kansas City Chiefs are Super Bowl bound from the AFC. It's the Chiefs' first Super Bowl appearance in 50 years after a 35-24 win against the Titans. Sorensen had eight tackles, a tackle for loss, and a pass deflection. Out of the NFC, Fred Warner and the Niners beat up the Packers 37-20. Aaron Rodgers tried to cover. 
a Cougar is guaranteed to win the Super Bowl in Miami in 13 days. And speaking of Daniel Sorensen, here's a piece of the conversation uh, you had, Spencer, at uh, Mile High with Daniel Sorensen on, on why his nickname is Dirty Dan. Where did the nickname Dirty Dan come from? Um, it goes back to my second year uh, playing. Uh, it was a special teams play. Stopped uh, a fake punt. Anyways, got you know real excited and kind of got in someone's face. You, you know, yelling a few things or whatever. And um, obviously, can't hear that on on the tape. And so. Um, Guys just kind of were making fun of the fact that you know they weren't knew I wasn't cursing or, or saying anything like that. But um, just the idea of uh, this nice, quiet guy just flips a switch when he gets on the field, and so that you know somebody threw out the name Dirty Dan, and it just kind of stuck. Hey, don't don't mess with Dirty Dan. Don't do it between don't do the it. lines. Between the lines. Right? <laughs> and he was he was awesome. He clocked. Ryan Tannehill one time. It was like, whoa. Well, it's fitting. He got the name from stopping a fake punt. He stopped a huge fake punt in the playoffs. Last Kansas City yeah. won yesterday against Tennessee. He's becoming like this, this uh, overnight hero of sorts in Kansas City. Like more people oh, no, are buying his jersey. Oh yeah, no, they've known him for a few years, man. Yeah, yeah, he's been there. For <laughs> Dirty years. Dan. Men's basketball. BYU drops a game at number one ranked Gonzaga, ninety to sixty nine on Saturday. We just spoke with head coach Mark Pope to hear his thoughts on the game and how BYU needs to get better. Download the podcast. TJ Haas led the Cougars with seventeen points and six assists. Jake Toulson added sixteen and four rebounds. The Cougars at Pacific, huge game in Stockton on Thursday night, ten Eastern, seven Pacific. Football in the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. Diane Gunwalk, who had a forced fumble, uh, recovered it as well in the same play. And a solo tackle and a 30-20 national win over American. I don't know how I feel about that as an American. Austin Lee had four tackles in the East-West Shrine Bowl, not to be confused with the North-South Shrine Bowl, as well in a 31-27 East win over the West. In the 2020 Polynesian Bowl, future Cougar quarterback Soljay Mayaba won the Offensive MVP Award on Saturday, going 8 for 10 passing, 73 yards, and a touchdown. He also rushed for 29 yards and the game-winning touchdown. ESPN ranked the 100 best games of 2019 in college football. Two Cougar games came in. Number 93 was the win over USC in overtime in Provo. Number 92 was the overtime win at Tennessee. Cardiac Cougs. Kicker Skyler Southam confirms via his social media account that he is transferring to play for Utah. His wife is still enrolled at BYU, so that's fun. Volleyball. It's in the comps department. Awesome. Number two, BYU swept Mount Olive in North Carolina twice to improve to 6-0 this season. Gabby Garcia-Fernandez had eight aces on Friday. Eight. Eight aces on Friday. (laughs) Then Saturday, Davide Gardini had his, or David Garden, had his first double-double of the season. 15 kills, 10 digs. BYU plays at UC Irvine Wednesday and Friday. More coming up on the crowd that showed up. It was awesome. How many players don't have eight aces in a season, for crying out loud? Yeah. Women's basketball. The Road Warriors. BYU women's basketball wins at St. Mary's 65-55. Kaylee Smiler led the Cougars with a career-high 19 points. BYU has won four games in conference. All have been on the road. Well, then. They have lost two at home, so they'll try and snap that trend when they host San Francisco this Thursday on BYU TV. Matinee, early one. Gymnastics. Number 15, BYU took second to number four UCLA, and it was totally okay. In a tri-meet Saturday, including Utah State, BYU put up a season high 195-875. Shannon Evans did not participate, correct? She vaulted, and that's it. And, and that's the she first time she's Got competed at home in anything. Gotcha. Uh, Abby Miner uh, led the Cougs with a 39-375 all-around score. The Bruins featured two U.S. 
Hey, Olympians in Kyla Ross and Madison Koshin. They both won. Said. Yes, they both won gold medals. Ross won the all around and put up a 10 on the vault. The Cougars are in Cedar City Friday against the Southern Utah Flippin' Birds. Pretty cool to have some Olympians in the house, Sadly. Cougars in pro hoops. Kyle Collinsworth, Big Rush 5 because that's his Twitter handle. Had 16 points, 15 rebounds, and a Salt Lake Stars win. Elijah Bryant had 14 points, 3 assists, 3 steals, and 6 rebounds. How about that stat line? The 91-77 Maccabi Tel Aviv win over Maccabi Haifa. Jimmer! Is this the longest whip we've ever done? It's got to be close like, because we've only had it run out of music a few times. It's like six minutes. We've this, only had it run out of music a few times. A lot of stuff happened. I told you it was loaded. Yeah. I'm not a yeah. liar. Today, Jimmer Fredette had 14 points in a Panathinaikos loss to Prometheus. Not the movie. <laughs> not the movie. Cougars in the PGA. Tony Finau tied for 14th last weekend at the American Express <laughs> in La Quinta, California on the PGA Tour, shooting a combined 17 under par. Whoa, whoa. Zach Blair tied for 55th. 17 under. Jerem? Track and field. Zach McHorter. Tied the NCAA leading mark in the pole vault with a leap of 5.55 meters. Second all-time at BYU. There you Woo! go, Zach. How about that? I'm always nervous for those guys at the top. Like, push it away! The women's team won the Air Force Invitational. The men took second to the Air Force. Man, it's uh, it's going to be hard to follow that up. <laughs> Coming up, how do we do with the N1 picks? Are we done yet? Oh, we still have 20 minutes. <laughs> and Eric Mateos. BYU's offensive line coach will join us. Is he more excited about his Chiefs in the Super Bowl or the returning offensive line he brings back to BYU? This is BYU Sports Nation. Well, you get the bucks, man. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fresh off two road wins this Thursday, the women's basketball team hosts San Francisco in a matinee on BYU TV, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific. Kids Day, if you love the shrill of screaming children, you're going to love this game on Thursday. No yelling on the bus! Good luck with that. (laughs) Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is a man who is known to yell a time or two, BYU offensive line coach Eric Mateos. As he approaches his second season in that position, Eric, welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. What's up, everybody? And what I'm a guy that's known to yell now. (laughs) Well, you were yelling in the affirmative and positive yesterday because your Kansas City Chiefs are back in the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. How are you feeling about it? Uh, A lot of positive vibes. Pretty stoked. Really happy for the city of Kansas City. And uh, a lot of fans have waited for this for a long time. So I'm just really excited for all the people that have supported the team over the years. Certainly exciting for the city. Exciting for Cougar fans because a Cougar will win the Super Bowl. Obviously, you have a vested interest in Andy Reid, Andrew Reid, and uh, (laughs) Daniel Sorensen in this. How do you feel about the BYU connection to this? I think it's it's great. You know, it's funny – to see the the impact that former players are having in the NFL is really really enjoyable. Um, that's always one of the funnest, uh, most fun parts about coaching college football. Seeing guys go on and have success, and maybe some guys are have you know I know uh, Dirty Dan uh, was undrafted, and I think now he's what six or seven years in. So when you see guys that are having uh, longevity as well, that's, it's just so cool to see. I love the connections. I love coach Reed and I loved him even before I worked at BYU. So it's uh it's really cool. 
So, Jeremy and I had an interesting conversation about Andy Reid and if he needs to win the Super Bowl to validate his career. Where do you stand in that conversation, Eric? Well, you're talking to a coach, so the word validate, I don't know if that really resonates with me because Coach Reid is one of the most respected coaches in the NFL. You could go to any head coach in the NFL, what do you think about Andy Reid? They all love him. They respect him. Uh, all of his players love uh, playing for him. And I'm pretty sure he's top 10 all-time postseason wins. Got a great all-time winning percentage over 600. So I don't know that the win will validate it. I think it'll put a nice uh, cherry on top of a great career. I know he won one Super Bowl as an assistant. But, uh, yeah, this would be this would be huge for him. But I don't know that it – in the long run, it changes. Uh, it changes for him. It might. Uh, it might help push him into the Hall of Fame. I know that. That that that's probably the the biggest thing that's on the table. I would guess. Yeah, I would love for there not to be a verbal asterisk with him. So exactly. if he wins yeah. the Super Bowl, that's just gone, right? That that'd be awesome. So there's Daniel Sorensen. I agree. Yeah. There's Fred Warner on the other side. Uh, it's going to be a fun Super Bowl, certainly. Let's talk about your guys, the offensive line. So looking at the two deep. In the bowl game in Hawaii, you had zero seniors. Uh, Thomas Schoff, a guy that got hurt, he graduated, right? So you're bringing back a lot of dudes. How do you feel about the 2020 offensive line? Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think we have uh, good, uh, good pieces in place. We'll get some guys back that um, spent a lot of time injured during the season. I'm really excited to get those guys back into work again. Still a couple that are working through some injuries. You know, we missed, um, you know, we didn't have Joe Tukawafu for the last three three games of the season either. So, um, And he moved to O-line then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Joe moved to O-line during uh, our second bye week. And we just said, you know, let's let this man be who uh, God intended him to be, which is that it's a big, heavy man. <laughs> rather than... Rather, Rather than fight it the other way, let's just say, hey, we just said, hey, Joe, let's let's just let you be 295 pounds and go block people. So <laughs> excited to have him too. So uh, I'm really looking forward to this off season. The guys uh, seem to be very focused on uh, their winter goals. So can't wait to get going back once recruiting's over. Are you more excited about the Chiefs or the offensive line that you're going to bring back, Coach? Um. I think short term Chiefs, long term the boys. Ooh, the nice boys, answer. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, you ha- I had to. <laughs> so, I, I love I love our players. I'm excited to have uh, a lot of guys back and that are eager and hungry. But this is also really cool, especially with the Royals' success uh, a little bit earlier in the decade. Um, this is it's a really cool cool time for the. For the, yeah. for the city. And they won a World Series without cheating. How about yeah, that? They didn't steal signs that we know <laughs> yeah. of, so that's good. Sold, right? sold zero signs. Can confirm. <laughs> sold no signs. No no buzzers on players. That was weird. Yeah. Um, nope. Let's, let's talk about uh, the, the O-line and what you mentioned, the, the winter goals. So what are, you, what are you guys up to right now in terms of uh, weightlifting and conditioning and whatnot? Right. So, well, we let the guys – um, in our unit, they come up with their goals. So, you know, I don't, we don't like, we, we're not even close to making our, our 2020 season goals right now. We're focused on the winter. That being said, um, doing extra is a huge thing. Uh, 
for us, you know, not, not just the allotted time that they're in the weight room or in the conditioning program, but what they're doing outside of those parameters, uh, getting in there more, doing extra, whether it's in the morning before class or at night, uh, getting in different types of uh, things like yoga and, uh, and then working on technique individually. And, and one of the themes really for the line uh, that, that everybody agreed on was bring a buddy. And what that means is, you know, if you're going to do extra and you're motivated to do extra, make sure you bring somebody with you. And, and that's, uh, that's been really neat to see. They've already been doing that. And, and that's, that's really what this semester is about is just doing a little bit more. And because if you just do the status quo, you're going to get status quo results in my opinion. So I think everybody's on board with that. And that's kind of the theme for, for this semester right now. Eric Mateos with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Offensive Line Coach. You mentioned recruiting and being on the road. Coach, is that where you are right now? Yeah, I'm down in uh, I'm in Phoenix right now. Yep. Okay, and uh, what's priority number one for bolstering your unit? Well, you know, we're actually in really good shape numbers-wise. We're actually, we might even be a little bit over uh, numbers for the fall. Uh, what we're trying to do right now this month is there's there's one or two guys out there still for the offensive line. We're trying to add a, a trying to add a, another tackle piece into the unit, and um, obviously with uh, missions, there's a lot of forethought. And getting started this week, I'm going to evaluate several guys in the next class. Uh, so that's kind of the perk of early signing day is you get you get half your class almost most of your class handled. So there's really one more player uh, I'm trying to add to the O-line for the 2020 class, but I'm also going out and evaluating 2021 graduates so we can get kind of a, a head start on that. Coach, great to catch up with you. We wish you safe travels on the road. And let it be known, he only yells positive things, people. Good vibes only, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Coach. Eric Mateos on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Coming up, Cougar Nation showed up in North Carolina, and what happened to Gonzaga and the eight people? Plus, Jerem surges forward in our And One Showdown. And a rising shout-out that you're not going to want to miss to uh, the old ball coach. This is BYU Sports Nation. Let's go, me! Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. You can always subscribe, rate, and review the show wherever you choose to get your podcasts. And perhaps you want to watch some video. You can go to the BYU TV app. You want to listen to it, BYU Radio. Let's whip it. Nope. Let's play and one. (laughs) Prediction. And one on BYU Sports Nation. Jason did that once. It was hilarious. All right. Let's recap the and one picks. Let's go. You said this was light, and I knew it was going to be critical for BYU to have any shot to win. BYU will hold Gonzaga to under 50% shooting, so 49.9 or less. Gonzaga shot 56.1%. They lead the nation. They're incredible. They're incredibly efficient. By the way, this just out. Baylor, the new number one in the AP poll by three points, so Gonzaga slides to two. Barely. But what will the coach's poll bring in? Probably said that Gonzaga would be number one the rest of the year. They're not even number one the rest of the show. Okay. And one. Gonzaga will have 12 turnovers or more. Swish! Yeah, they had more than 12, but it didn't matter because they still beat BYU by 24, and I didn't get my first pick. Turnovers were even at 14. Okay, my two-pointer. The game will be decided by double digits. Swish! That was easy money. Uh, 23. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Ken Pop said nine, so that's why I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just go double digits. That's easy. 
I did not see how BYU was going to keep it single digit without Yolichad. I thought that'd be a challenge in Spokane. Perhaps differently in the Marriott Center. Single digit at halftime, but yeah. But losers talk about halftime. Yep, exactly. And one. And my and one pick. BYU will shoot 15 plus free throws. Missed it. Five of ten did not get to the stripe very much, and five of ten is pretty poor. So BYU saw ten free throws two games in a row. BYU uh, needs to get to the rim a little more. Well, rim or it's make threes or get to the rim, and BYU didn't do either. Yeah. You know, six of twenty from three. That was tough. So I got the two pointer. You did not. So I take the lead. Twenty-five. Points. Updated scoreboard. Jerem up by one. Let's go. Let's go. It's early. It's still early. <laughs> there, are so many, there are so many more basketball yeah, there are a lot games of games. to be played. It's great. Love Question it. of the day. Is BYU basketball a Yoli away from beating Gonzaga, or is there more to it? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Commando.carry on Instagram says Yoli is worth 20 points a game in tennis rebounds. That's not a guaranteed win, but if the rest of the team elevates their game, the chances of a BYU win increases greatly. Mm, I like that. By the way, someone just put out on uh... – on Twitter, a, a fan art version of uh, Baby Jabba the Hut. Oh, boy. <laughs> Not as cute as Baby Yoda. No, but pretty cute. I'll Today's be rise and shout-outs. Jeremy, you're up first. <laughs> One goes to all of the fans in Mount Olive, North Carolina, who showed up Friday and Saturday. Remote location. It's not close to any of the big cities. So it's apparently the home of pickles. Like, put a ton of pickles. Made Mount Olive. Look at all these fans that showed up. in Mount Olive to see BYU play 1,800 miles away. This was awesome. And the team really appreciated it. Yeah, not just play, but dominate. And we've been talking well, about yeah. number two teams. Number two, Gonzaga. Number two, BYU men's volleyball. Yeah. Let's go. Let's Weiss, go. Why is clearly number one? BYU is clearly number two. Yeah. Okay, and my rise and shout-out goes to Andy Reid. Yes, back in the Super Bowl. But he knows where his roots are, and he loves Lavelle Edwards. This is from a couple of years ago, Andy Reid on Lavelle Edwards. And he was so innovative. His mind was so creative in the things that he did. Heck, I took that into the NFL with me, some of the things that he was doing back in college. I definitely took it all the way through when I was a line coach at the college ranks. I talked to Andy after uh, the Chiefs-Broncos game at Mile High Stadium, and he's so quick to point out how much he loves BYU and how much he loves the Val Edwards. And he's not going to coach BYU. Everyone just, it's, no, he's like making millions of dollars. (laughs) Sorry. Stop it. It's not going to happen. Stop it. Our thanks to today's guests, Mark Pope and Eric Mateos. Someone tweeted, how righteous do I have to be for that to happen? (laughs) Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time. (laughs) For Jeremiah and Spencer, shout out to Scott Robinson. See you tomorrow at noon Eastern on BYU Sports Nation. Go Cougs. Super Bowl!